Chapter 15 of Secretary Hawkins in Cuba. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Secretary Hawkins in Cuba by Secretary Hawkins. The Poisoned Dart. Our return trip. Up the river to Villa Casanova was one that long will be remembered by all of us. Link's father begged Lucio to allow him to go back on the boat with us, but Lucio would not hear him. So in the end, Lucio consented to let Valdez, his trusty servant, go with Link's father to stay with him in his cabin up among the rocks. And as soon as they had gone, Lucio gave the word to start, and Gabriel set the boat on its way. It was a beautiful, wonderful night. The stars were out in full force, and the big tropical moon hung like a mellow lantern over the fringe of palm tree tops. The air was balmy, and a mild, soothing wind swept lazily. Over the after deck, where we were all seated, Dak and Lucio smoking their cigars and talking over the happenings of the day, while we three boys sat quietly and listened. Lucio, began Dak Waters, how do you explain the finding of the diamond by Jeff Lambert? Lucio puffed smoke. And smiled as he replied, "Tell me how you explain Casanova's ghost, and I'll explain the diamond. Then you think that the ghost has something to do with the diamond? Certainly I do. Raphael had the diamond, and lost it somehow. I am sure, or he would not have been hunting for it. He probably had more than one." Because this one was fastened to a lady's slipper, the most likely had two, and put them on a pair of slippers that he presented to his wife. Not his wife," broke in Will Standish. "She never wears shoes, Mister Lucio. Haven't you ever seen her?" Lucio frowned upon our new playmate. It's not nice to interrupt, Billy," he said. "But since you've told me, why I thank you. No, I never saw Raphael's wife. What is she like? She is a native Cuban," replied Will Standish. "And she lives down in one of the plantation houses. I've been down there lots on my pony. She is a nice lady." But I never liked her, because she wore such awful clothes, and never kept her house tidy. She is barefoot most of the time, and the only shoes I've seen her wear since I came here were made of straw with wooden soles. Dak Waters laughed. That boy is cut out for a big job some day, Lucio," he said. He seems to pay strict attention to details. Well," said Lucio, "while his statements may be true, 
They do not change my opinion of the diamond question. There must be two. One that we have, and another for the maid to the slipper on which this one was found. Lucio took from his packet the slipper that Link's father had found, and I noticed at once that the diamond already had been removed from it. It's practically a new shoe, too, he said, handing it to Doc Waters. Doc took it and turning it this way and that, gave it a careful study. Then he said, You are probably right about there being two diamonds, but as for that, there may be more than two. How about a chest full of these stones? Lucio looked up quickly. I've been thinking the same thing, he replied in a low voice. Suppose Pablo Salas was right. Suppose there was a treasure hidden in the wrecks of Casanova. Exactly, broke in Doc. And if there is, it has already been found. If there is a chest and this diamond came out of it, somebody took it out. And that somebody knows. In fact, he has it. And is going to hide it somewhere else where nobody is likely to find and take it away from him. For a few minutes, there was a silence, while the two men smoked and looked out across the moonlight water. And we three boys sat pondering, with open mouths and wide eyes. Doc Waters turned his gaze on Lucio and said, You did not leave the diamond with Link's father, did you, Lucio? No, replied Lucio, looking quickly on either side to see that no one was near. For we had not allowed Gabriel or any of the men on the boat know about the finding of the diamond. Then, tapping the packet nearest his heart, he said, It is here. I shall take charge of it for the present. I have a scheme in my mind. How much do you think it is worth? Lucio shook his head. I am not a good judge, he replied, but it is almost as large as a turtle's egg. I should say it would bring twenty thousand anyway. Who? exclaimed Doc Waters. Let's hope it will. By Jingo, Link, your daddy will be almost as rich as you are. No, he won't, said Lucio. If it can be proved that this is part of Casanova's treasure and was found on Casanova's racks, it will belong to Link, for Link owns it all, the top of the ground and what's under. Link showed signs of excitement for the first time. But if my daddy found it, Uncle Lucio, he said, It will be for his keeps, because I never did like to have anything that somebody else found for himself. If this place is all mine, I can make my own rules about it too, can't I? Indeed you can, Lincoln. Well, Dan, 
one of my rules is going to be finders keepers. Let my pup keep what he found, won't you? Lucio smiled upon the good-hearted skinny guy. My dear old skinny guy of houseboat days back in old Kentucky. How I loved him for his big heart and gentle ways. And everybody in the bunch that night on the boat showed not by words, but by their looks they gave the lanky boy, that they admired him more than ever. Lucio spoke to Dak in a very low voice. She used to be just that way, his mother. Yes, yes, how well I can remember her when I was a youngster. How she did take care of me and try to give me everything I cried for. He had his father's looks, but his mother's heart. I am glad for that, spoke up Link quickly. I like them both so much, I would want to be like both of them in some way. I used to wonder when I would sit on a houseboat fishing every day. Just what my mother looked like. Hawkins, do you remember the day? Ah, yes, I remember the day. I remembered several days when I found Link sitting somewhere fishing, and he would seem to be dreaming and would not notice me coming until I spoke to him. But I didn't want him to bring those days back to mind now. I didn't want him to think of it now, when she was gone forever and the dearest hope of his life broken. So I interrupted him and said, We will go back to that river again some day together, Link. We will have a fine new house boat. We will see old Jerry Moore and Bill Darby once more. And maybe old Lou Hunter will play the organ for us again. And make us practice songs, broke in Link. He was laughing now, happy again. And I was glad that I have changed the subject. A step sounded behind us. Gabriel's voice murmured, Broken nose Diego want to see the doctor. He is crying again. I cannot do more with him. All right, Gabriel, he said. The doctor will be right down. Duck Waters stood up quickly. The poor fellow is simply scared out of his wits, he said. I told Gabriel this morning, that it was not serious. However, I'll go down to his bunk and have a look at him again. And doctor, whispered Lucio, see if you can get anything out of him about a treasure. Pablo Salas must have told him something. Doc nodded. I'll try, he said, and went down the companionway. We were landing at Villa Casanova Dock before Dock returned, and as we made ready to leave the boat, we were too busy to talk further. We were glad to get back home, as Dock called it, but Link said he could not feel at home in Villa Casanova or any place in Cuba 
for that matter. But anyway, when we entered the big white house, we were all glad that we were no longer in the shadow of Casanova's racks, with all the mystery and danger that hang about those gloomy shores. Early next morning, Lucille left the villa after saying goodbye and promising to come very soon again. Link and I had to take three days' lessons in order to make up, as Doc said, what we had missed the two days we had been away. It was lunchtime before we finished, but we liked to study under Doc Waters. No better, no kinder teacher ever lived. I said to Link that I wished Doc could be our teacher when we went back to Kentucky. And Link said he did too, as if he really expected to go back there and live again, even though he did own a plantation. But since we were studying together, Link was a different boy. He never cared for school or books before. He just seemed to think he could get along without them. But now that Doc made him study, and he found how much harder it was for him than it was for me, he realized that he should have gone to school when he was younger. He was very poor at reading and writing, and arithmetic was a Chinese puzzle to him. Geography he liked best, and he surprised me with the way he could remember places. He amused me the first day Doc showed him a geography. He took the book and spread out the map of North and South America and said to himself, Let's see where they put Cuba. He couldn't find it, and when Doc smilingly pointed to it with his pencil, Link said, Good night, you don't mean that little spot. Doc laughed and told him it was, and Link grunted and said, Who'd want to live on such a little spot? No, I'm going back to Kentucky. Doc was very anxious for us to learn to speak Spanish, and although it was slow work, we began to pick up enough to get along. That afternoon, we went out into the fields, and Link hunted up his pet goat, which was very glad to see him again. The animal came up with a glad bah, 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 and Link gave it a morsel of cake that he had saved from lunch. We walked slowly around the plantation, the goat following behind, nibbling at the grass here and there, and as we neared the narrow road, that ran from plantation to highway, we saw a pony and rider coming full speed. It's Will Standish, I said. I like that boy, said Link. I wish we could take him back with us when we go home. Will came riding up with a shout and waving his straw hat. I say, you fellows, he called. My folks were awfully put out about me staying with you on Casanova's rocks all night. 
I came near getting a good whipping, I tell you. Didn't you tell them Uncle Lucia was with us? I asked. That's all that saved me, said Will, laughing. But say, I just came over to let you know that the Cuban boys are out on the warpath again. They've hit my trail too, Hawkins, and I believe they will be here before many minutes pass. For the land's sake, I said. You sure you bring trouble with you when you come? Why did you want to steer them this way, Will? I haven't got any fight in me today. What, with all the excitement on Casanova's rocks and the spooks and sharks? It's a wonder I'm not sick in bed. Let him come, said Link. I want to see the first Cuban tell me that he don't like Americans. Don't wish for it, said Will with a grin. Because they'll tell you quick enough. Whoa, Cypher, stand still, you rascal. This last was addressed to his pony, which had started jumping. I suddenly saw a movement in the sugar cane. Get in somewhere, I whispered. Here, behind these trees, I think your Cuban enemies are upon us. Will slid from his pony and pulled it with him, and together we stood behind a clump of trees that shielded us from sight. It was well that we did so, for all suddenly there came something through the air. I saw it as it left the sugar cane, although I could not see a sign of a living soul beyond it. The cane completely hid whoever it was that sent the thing toward us, but I saw it whiz like a brown streak through the air. Link saw it too, and so did Will who seemed to be taken by surprise. Together, we drew in behind the trees as the flying thing came, and I held my head down. But the next minute, a loud squealing turned our attention to Link's pet goat, which lay upon his side, kicking his legs and twisting his head from side to side. From out his shaggy hide, there protruded a thin brown stick, tufted on the end with a feather like an arrow. Link ran forward and bent over the poor animal, but Will took him by the arm and dragged him back. For heaven's sake, Link, he yelled, stay back here, there may come another one. But none other came, and Link stood over the goat which finally lay still, its pleading eyes looking up at its adapted master, as if to say, Please, take that wicked thing out of my side. Link was about to do so when Duck Waters came running from the house. Here! Here! he yelled. What has happened? Link came over to me. I ain't got the heart to pull it out, Hawkins. He said, you do it. Duck came up, and I told him as quickly as I could what had happened. As I talked, the goat dropped his head upon the ground and lay still, but for a twitching of the legs. I'll pull it out, I said. 
it might kill the goat. It has, said Duck in a low tone, so that Link could not hear, and his face was very serious. That is strange. There must have been poison upon the tip of it. I walked over to Link. Will Standish was standing beside him. Come on, Link, I said. We will go up in the house and let Duck take care of the goat. I'm sorry I broke this trouble again, said Will. I will not do it again, boys. Honest, I'll not. I'll have to get back home now. He leaped upon his pony and started to go the way he had come. Turn around, ordered Duck Waters. Go the other way. Will looked surprised, but he wheeled his pony around and went home by the front road. End of chapter 15